Hello, my friends. This is Chad. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. I'm joined by Dan and Adrian this week, and we're talking about goal setting. In this time of year, this newness, uh, we enter the new year 2021. And I'm sure as you do so, you have a lot of goals and benchmarks that you've set for yourself and for your business. We talk about what makes those meaningful and uh, how we actually create those results in our lives. Can't wait for you to take a listen. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Great. Thanks. Fantastic. Welcome to 2021. That's right. New year. New time. New moment of now. Thank God. I mean, not right now because it's not quite 2021 yet. But when everybody hears this, it'll be 2021. So we're time traveling. (laughs) <laughs> well, as you, as everybody knows, everybody looks at a, not everybody, a lot of people look at a new year as an as a fresh start to life, to business, to goals, to set, you know, creating something that you want. I mean, it's just a time to. Re- I know, at least for me, I, that's that's. I, I'll talk personally. It's a time for me to reflect on where I am, where the last year, how the last year went, how did I show up, um, and what do I want to. Be different this year. What what growth do I want to experience? What goals do I want to achieve? How do I want to be? How do I want to feel? All of that kind of stuff. So I wanted to have a conversation that is very loose and really just asking different questions um, and and bringing up different considerations as we talk about what is it what's important to think about or what's the opportunity to think about as we have a quote unquote fresh start and and I also will point out anybody can create a fresh start any day of the year we don't need a new year to do that in fact i I know that when I feel most alive in my life it's when I look at each day as a fresh start. Where was yeah. I yesterday? What's what's going on today? So even if you're listening to this podcast later on, uh, not at the new year, I, I would encourage you to continue on, have this conversation daily with yourself if it's if it helps, right? So I want to just start off by talking about like how do we start to? What are some of the? I'm I'm a client coming in front of both of you and saying, hey, you know, we need we have new lofty goals for this year uh, that we're are going to be difficult to get them, but we can get them for sure if we uh, put the right people in place, if we have the right mindset, and and we really push ourselves. How do we start to explore? The conversation. How do we start to explore what's going to be needed and wanted in this new year to go to heights that we never have before? Yeah, that's a great question. Do you want to kick off, Dan? You want me to go? No, go ahead. It's good. Yeah. No, I think it's great, and I like the tee up. The tee up too. So, I mean, and and just to connect with some of your tee up, you know, there are natural moments in time that that are beautiful, where permission is baked in to kind of stop for a second and pause. So, uh, you know, after a big project's over, that's a great moment in time. After something big happens in the market, that's a great moment in time. After, you know, there's all these moments in time and the new year is one of those moments in time where it's like natural to kind of, uh, there's permission baked in, to like slow down for a second. Now, why don't we do that? Let's talk about that for a second. Like, why don't we want to pause? Part of why we don't want to pause is, um, you know, there's just conversations we don't want to have. And there are 
there are things at play that we actually feel pretty, even if we see ourselves and walk around with a lot of power and authority, there are things that we'd rather not talk about, you know, or just, and usually we don't think they're going to change or we can't change the person or we just, you know, there's some kind of level of frustration or despair, or this just is the way that it is. You might find yourself saying that thing. It is the way that it is. So instead of doing that, um, whatever those conversations are, why you have, why you didn't do it at the beginning of December is worth noticing, mm-hmm. you know, but now we're in the beginning of January and, you know, and our strong, our invitation here is to really, even just for yourself, even if as a leader, you're listening to this, is a pri- start with this being a private conversation. You don't want to have a public conversation. You're not willing to have with yourself privately. Yeah. Right. So that's where I begin is to start with there are reasons why uh, both if they're glorious results or frustrating results, there are lots of reasons why you're in in either of those places. And if you're the leader, you've probably helped generate the environment that has produced those results. So there can be some kind of superstition around if it's going well, I don't want to outthink this thing and mess it up. Mm hmm. Or let's not, you know, don't mess, don't, don't get too close. I just want, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit superstition. Or if it's not going well, there, you've got a sense and you're right about it, that if I do some real reflective thinking about it, at the end of the reflection, there will be a decision point. And at the end of the, after a decision is always action. And I don't want to do the action. I'm resisting taking action. So then I don't want to make decisions. And then I don't want to reflect upon things. Because if I get to a place of ownership and don't want to take action, then actually I know for sure it's on me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so sometimes we resist the reflection because we know, I mean, I was just to say this for myself. I know if I reflect on that and get honest with myself, then I must take action. So I'd rather not reflect. But yeah. our invitation here is to at least give yourself some room to reflect. Give yourself some space to really be willing to want something new. Right. And start the reflection, I think, on the conversations that you most resist, that you don't want to reflect on. The things that bring up the most insecurity or bring up the most fear, those are the ones to reflect on. Right? If you want something new, then probably start with where you haven't been willing to go. and. That it can be identified, like what are your complaints? When you start to look at the complaints, notice if there's a pattern in them and how long have you had that complaint? And yeah. what is it that you may not want to discuss that you'd rather complain about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, what are those subjects? Like describe them. That's probably the first thing. Rather than coming to some predetermined historical assumption about what it's going to be, maybe you could suspend that and just ask, well, what? let's relook at this. What is it really? What is it I'm resisting? What is it I'm afraid of? What is it that I think if I did it, it would disturb the apple cart? May, you know, like to your point, if it's working. And one of the things when you said that about, I don't want to disturb the apple cart to somebody because it's working, but, you know, what I, I've learned in working with so many execs and in my own company, in our own companies, is that the decisions I make today usually don't play out for days, weeks, months later. So if it's successful now, it's because you probably made decisions a, a while back. And the decisions you're making now could be undermining the very thing you say is working. Right. Yeah. So that that's always worth keeping in mind. Like, 
What is it I'm resisting that I'm afraid would destroy this? And what might that be keeping me from that needs my attention? Yeah. And you guys, if you guys are listening, you'll notice we haven't answered Chad's, Chad's question yet. <laughs> and that's not on accident either. You know, and this is, I mean, there are, there are, there are impulses to want to get into a very naturally inspiring conversation about vision. And we ought to do that. And it's important to go wonder what it will take, wonder really what the highest peak we could summit is. And then, and we have these conversations with our people all the time. And that's an important conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, and do that and have a fresh, be willing to, you know, essentially, first off, dream beyond what you've got. And I, I mean, sometimes people, people like to shit on the word dream. Don't shit on the word dream. Let yourself dream. Let yourself wonder how good it could get. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find a place of what you're committed to, which is more of a vision conversation. Like, what am I willing to inhabit? Like, what, what am I willing to be dominated by, really, is vision. Like, what am I willing to die for? I don't mean that poetically. I mean that mostly egocentric. What am I willing to be recon- reconstituted for? What am I willing to ask for help for, you know, bring on smarter people than me for? All those types of things. That's death in our day and age that's and that's vision so have the vision conversation but if you but you there's there's lots of ways to have it you could be having a vision conversation in order to escape reality that's what most people do wouldn't it be great if you know we want this thing but i know and everybody else knows there's a lot of elephants in this room then we're can we're collecting them are we we're, we're we're at a circus and we're collecting all these exotic animals that we're not going to talk about and that's why we want to start here is because if you want to get momentum after what's new and what's next, you better deal with the things that you that you're that you are bound up by both personally and culturally and a team. Because mm-hmm. if you don't it to Dan's point later, it's really going to hurt you. Mm. It hurts you now, but it's almost invisible. But later it will. So with penalties and interest. That's right. With penalties and interest. We say that all the time. Pay now or pay later with penalties and interest. So that's why, you know, we naturally go to, hold on, is there anything left undone here? And if you're human, there's lots that's undone, right? There's lots that you've been avoiding. There's lots that you haven't been willing to talk about and no problem. But if you, if you're acting like you don't know what they are, then they're running your leadership life. They're running your life, but you know what they are. Go ahead. You remind me of, um, it's like working out. I'm, you know, I work out a bit. I don't work out like you do. I've, I've kind of scaled back, but it's like going out every day. You know, you go to the gym and who's in the gym? People who don't need the gym. They're usually in great shape. I noticed they're working out and, and they make it look easy. But if you think about it, it is actually quite a challenge. And I, that metaphor is something that works for me because in business, I, I see the same thing. There are conversations that require some exercise, exercise in ways that I don't like. Normally, it's uncomfortable, like being humble, like admitting I don't know. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. There might be somebody on my team who actually knows better than me. I could learn from or the collective could bring something to the surface that I wasn't even aware of. There's more I can't see than what I do see. There's a number of realities that are uncomfortable but healthy. And if I'm willing to daily engage those, well, then that that makes the organization and my relationship to the individuals in the organization that much more healthy, just like the gym. 
is do I get up? Am I willing to, you know, put those shoes on and get out for the run or take the ride or lift the weights or do the things that that are immediately uncomfortable, but in the long term, really set it up, uh, you know, set my life up to work and be clear, right? And I think that that happens interpersonally. I know, you know, you can be I, in plenty of art, you can be in great physical shape, but you're afraid emotionally to engage the things that are necessary, wanted and needed in order to discover what's next, right? What's, what's going to make the, make it go to the next level? What's going to break through? Yeah. Adrian, you said um, it's, it's interesting to think about or, or, or ponder on why you didn't start in December or why, yeah. you know, that sort of, that, and that really hits home for me right now. Something that I'm experiencing personally, if I can just share is that I've got some, you know, this, this turn from 2020 to 2021 is an, is an interesting one. And I'm seeing it play out with both my clients. I'm seeing it play out with people on social media that there's something magical about the turn of the calendar on January 1. And 2021, finally, we'll just be able to say goodbye to, to, to 2020, the most horrible year we've, we've experienced in, in decades, right? And um, I've noticed uh, over 2020 that I have used 2020 that, or the events that, are in, that have happened in this year to... Um, I've used them as an excuse to not do what I know I could do. And, you know, to, it's like, for me, it's shown up as a time like, well, if I just, if I just didn't do, if I, if I operated at 75%, nobody would notice because there's every excuse right now to not, not get the income you want. There's every excuse right now to not connect to the people that you want to connect to. You know, there's so many, it's just the perfect opportunity or environment to not show up. Right. And nobody's going to question it. Yeah. And and I'm noticing that, right? And I've got some really lofty goals, some really lofty vision for the next few months, the, the February, January, February, March, like really that they to the point that they scare me, yeah. right? And and I'm and I'm committed, and I'm just I'm just now noticing over the over the weekend. Actually, I was journaling. Okay, well, this is interesting. Why were those not? Why were those not there in October? And yeah. that's a conversation worth having and exploring. Sure. Because 2021 might bring just as much, if not more, excuses of why, of reasons to not show up. Yeah. And if I don't take care of whatever stories I was running and why I was story running them, if I don't get connected to that, I will allow the exact same thing to happen in the next year that I have this year. And in fact, if you're not aware of the context you're in, because it does context of what's going on indicates that 2021 is going to be as disruptive, if not more disruptive than 2020. So it's good to be able to connect with and locate what's going on around you so you can contextualize those visions, the dreams, the things that you're committed to in a way that they have a greater chance of being accomplished, right? If, if, I'm, if I don't want to see what's coming, then it'll have me more than I have it. And That's there's right. More and there's a lot coming. I mean, on every front, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and to your and to your point, Chad, it's you know, if if I'm in a place where I'm looking for an excuse, I will find one or generate one. Right. That's, that's, Whenever, wherever, no matter what. <laughs> you know, you know. My dad used to say to me when I was a kid, "If you were as creative about not doing the work as you are 
about doing the work as you are about not doing the work, not only would you get it done, you'd be less tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Chad. Well, and you know, and I think you are the next conversation here is, you know, I, I would love as a human, Adrian, would love to hear what your goals are for the next few months. And that's a part of like what's next is like is yeah. being willing to, you know, have you know a new vision outside of your own head. Mm -hmm. You know, my uh, an old buddy of mine said, you know what? The dangerous, the most dangerous neighborhood in L.A. is, is between my ears. Um, <laughs> Well, and I, and I, you know, it, part of letting somebody else know what I'm up to is actually, you know, it. We know the science is good on that. We know there's, uh, but in declaring something, but you know, it also gives yourself a real shot. It's personal advocacy is to bring somebody else into a story of where I'm headed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. So, and usually, the the quote I can't get it right, but it's um it's that Einstein quote around you know the same philosophy. That you know what what is what is the quote the uh, to to have a this, a new solution can't be found in the same philosophy that created the problem or whatever. Yeah, the the level of thinking that produced the problem is insufficient for resolving it. Albert Einstein. There it is. Einstein. There it is. Einstein. So anyway, they you know so you're connected to your own kind of racketeering. Right. Of, you know your story about it, and you want to interrupt. So it's actually getting a vision, but you had to interrupt the thinking behind why there was a lack of vision before so that that same thinking doesn't then ruin the vision. Otherwise, it's just, you know, intellectual masturbation to go sit down and set some new goals. I'm doing it just for pleasure. I'm not That's doing right. it to get anything done. That's so, right. Yeah. Or, or the goal setting feels like progress. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, you know, it's really interesting because... There's a bunch of research on that. And the, the one thing they talk about is don't talk too much about what you're going to do because then you think you've already done it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like It's like set the goal and go. Mm -hmm. You know, you can plan and so on. But the more you talk about what you're going to do, you actually produce an experience that you're somehow doing something about it. Yeah. No, I, I, that just, that too, just... many meetings. too many meetings is you think you got something done. You haven't even hit the field yet. That's yeah. Right. Well, that just hit me. I mean, and I think it's because we end up reporting to others as if we've done it already. Like, oh, here's what I'm doing, but I actually haven't done it yet. I'm just, you know, whatever, thinking about doing it. It just hit me as I was, we were in a, we were in a conversation earlier today with a great HR exec. And I was thinking about another HR exec that I had talked to a couple months ago and the conversation has gone cold. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, go reach back out to this guy uh, from an influential company that wants to do some work with us. But Blah, 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 blah. We're going to jump back in the conversation in January. I'm just mentioning that because uh, in my head, I, we, I kind of already did that conversation. It's kind of over as if we've already done the work, but it's actually it, the work never happened. Um, but I was satisfied with talking about it happening. Yeah. Yep. And so, oftentimes with our goals too, it's accompanied by, um, especially if we're surrounded by people that love us, sure. um, it's, it's surrounded or it comes with a lot of congratulations, oh, even yeah. just stating the goal, right? It's like, yeah. oh man, great job. Good job. That's awesome. And that 
at the same time can can satiate that drive a little bit. Um, yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm, I'm already really great. I, I set these goals, but I do love that. Set it and forget about it, and start focusing on the trailhead. Where's the trailhead? Okay, great. What's the first climb? Right. I mean, that's that's the terms that I'm now thinking through. Is like, all right, great, got this. Okay, now where do we start? What's the first step? What's the second step? And the third step. Yep. That's good. Yeah. That's really great. So I forget your initial question now, Chad, but it was around what's one that needed to get get something new. Yep. Yeah. Which we've been talking what's, around. Talking yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the line of questioning that's powerful? Well, in conversations with our folks, I mean, why why we, you know, we naturally had that first conversation. And we think we think about things, you know, via human beings. I mean, even when we're going in to sit down with an executive team for a couple of days, I know that the best training is inside of them. I could, of course, sit and we could we could sit, and I think we're elite in the world at sitting and teaching concepts and and teaching philosophy and teaching, you know operational excellence. We could teach that, but it doesn't matter as much as what conversations they need to have. So like that, that's key is, is thinking through like what people need to talk about. So we could, so it's kind of two conversations here. One is around what's possible and what outcomes are. And in some ways that's the, why, by why we're having it is that's in some ways the easier conversation. That's so the that's the gas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It inspires people. Yep. Inspires them. What's possible? Where are we going to be by January 1st, 2022? That's a great conversation. What's possible? What if we did, let's say we turn this knob, what's possible? Let's say we did this, what's possible? All those are really fascinating, inspiring, engaging conversations. Part of why we start where we start is there's also vision that's hidden, and it is actually hidden in the frustrations and the complaints of the company. That's that when we're when when I when I say complaints, I mean when when somebody is saying that they don't like what's happening or something else should be happening. It's either like this isn't happening and it sucks, or this is happening and it sucks. Both of those dynamics actually underneath that, they're talking about the symptoms. Underneath that is vision. It's latent. It's hidden vision. We wouldn't be frustrated if we didn't actually want something distinct from what we've got, right? So that's there's life there is my point. And as you're starting to mine for the vitality in the organization, part of what people don't do, well, part of what they do is go for icing is this kind of the inspiring conversation, which go do that. That's important. And it's kind of, it can be the real stake in the ground. But what's needed is to see what vision people are dying to have, you know, are literally, I mean, from a frustration standpoint, they're dying to talk about how, what this domain of the work of the team of the organization really needs to shift. Because they're, whatever they've been complaining about, there's gold there. Whatever they've been silent about, like asking this question of your team, hey, in 2020, yes, COVID sucked. Great. What did we not talk about? What did you not bring up that you thought we wouldn't have the quote unquote bandwidth for? 
You know, what did we not in general, what did we not have the quote unquote, I put that in quotes because bandwidth is an illusion, but what is what we make up about how much time I have and that and it, it, energy and attention. Um, but what did we not have bandwidth for in 2020? That can, that can be, and I think a powerful part of thinking about what's possible in 2021, just because therein will lie what people were resigned about, what they decided to withhold, where they decided to not stick their neck out, where they decided to play it safe, where they decided to you know settle for their cynicism, all that type of stuff. To get that to the table is a way to illuminate the vision that's latent. And that's when we talk about getting the most from your people, it's really it's part of that is this, yeah. is what they really want or what they have desire for and what they're committed to, but maybe the environment hasn't invited them to you know disrupt the environment in order to say these things. Right, yeah. yeah, I think and, and it, here's what I'm, what it sounds like to me, that when you decide you want to do something, something that you're clear about, that matters to you, matters to your team, uh, it's next. Really, the next question is after everybody's all gassed up is, now let's talk about what you think that's going to take to get to it. And then whatever you think that's going to take, let's put 10X on it. Really, that's what we're talking about. It's like, both getting really specific, like specific about what you said. What are your complaints? Who are the people you don't want to talk about? You don't want to risk disapproval with. You don't want to get rejected by. You want to be accepted by. What are the conversations that are most uncomfortable? Because that's, and then what would it take to have those conversations and keep multiplying that? And that's really but when we talk about 10x, you're talking about getting right into the things you don't like to get into, right? I, I love the, again, Jack Welch talking about he could gauge whether he had a successful or productive day by the number of difficult conversations he managed successfully to, in coming to an outcome. So I think that's really vital because if you're not willing to pay the price, then it's just going to be a dream. It's not going to ever become a reality. And that price is usually a lot larger than what I think or hope it would be. Yeah. I heard, did you say Tim Ferriss, Dan? I've heard Tim say that as well, or an idea of that. Well, the, uh, the, uh, Grant Cardone wrote the book 10X, but it's a principle that when I worked way back with John Hanley at LifeSpring, that was one of the things he would do. He's just like, ratchet up. Okay, great. Now, what are you willing to do to have that happen? Versus like... That got rid of the, oh, we talked about it, and now we've done something. Is now, okay, what are you willing to put at stake? Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I was I was referring to, um, uh, Tim Ferriss said a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations oh, he or she is willing to have. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got Jack that. Welch. Jack Welch. Yeah. Jack Welch. Okay. Yeah. Great. Same idea. I yeah. love it. So, and then, but you think about it, a lot of times as a leader, I often think about uh, my day has often been scheduled around and I have to keep intervening in it. How do I get around this conversation? I don't want to have that conversation. How can I give that to Adrian? How can I give that to Chad? Right? <laughs> Rather than roll up my sleeves, sit down, what do I want to produce in this conversation? You know, that that's really is like, what purpose am I having this conversation for? What does it serve? How can I open that up? And that can be actually the context for what I'm doing, and, and and that'll keep me in the conversation. Not I've less, I'll be less apt to run from paying the prices that are wanted and needed. Yeah, that's great. Hey, I like your background, Adrian. All them are those your toys? 
I've, I've needed some comfort here as we're talking about goals. I, I got really insecure. So people that are listening to the podcast can't see this, but now Dr. Dr. Cat in the Hat's behind me, my Gonzo. Sock monkey. Sock monkey. My, that's my father's from his youth. You know, I, come, I come here to you know, comfort myself in times of need. I've actually moved out of my office because some workers are here and into the kids' room. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Dan. I love it. Those are my kind of monkeys. <laughs> Adrian in Toyland. Adrian in Toyland. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering what else is... I mean, when, when we started this conversation, we were thinking about how to... You know, what questions would we would be asking our leaders? What will be we be asking our leaders? And it's part of the discipline is this: is when you're in any kind of new conversation, a conversation about something new, am I willing to actually look at it in a fresh way? Like, am I willing to see what I'm attached to? All my thoughts, assertions, opinions about things. Am I willing to see all of that filter that's there? all those labels I have about it. And can I start to wonder about, you can think about this in regards to outcomes. You can think about it in regards to potential of your team. You know, everybody that's listening to this probably has a team around them. There's some people they really like and there's some people they don't like. There's some people they trust and they, these are the conversations you're in. People I don't trust. Some people I think are a gift to the organization. Some people are a drag. Those are all labels that I have evidence for why it is that way. And usually they're kind of like judgments, like he is that way. So part of... Like, like if I tell this guy what I really think, he won't produce like I need him to produce and I can't afford to lose him. Right. Like that kind of conversation, right? That's right. That's right. Because if, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are, I mean, so many of our execs we work with have throttled down in 2020. I've wanted to and have used COVID to do the use COVID as the reason, right? People are having a hard time, which is true. I mean, whatever that means, people are having a hard time. I mean, that means a lot of things, is my point. And so we might not approach things and you have used, you know, circumstances to justify not. So my point here is like, as you start to have these new conversations about what's possible, both outcomes and results and on the team, it's to notice your labels and to delabel at least for a moment. Like it'll take some faith, by the way. There's there's comfort in labels. Because I think I know what things are, and I'm certain that I'm right about what things are. So to unlabel something and to be more open or to see things in a fresh way, it's very, it's vulnerable. It's why we don't do it. Like I'd like to know what's going on, quote unquote, which is code for. I like to see my world via my labels that I chose and I'm comfortable with. So to unlabel something is, is a vulnerable act. But that yeah. could be also is, you know, notice those labels that you've been in with the world around you because the labels can be really limiting. So that's one uh, extra thing to be thinking about as you're wondering about what's possible and then planning for what's possible in 2021 is taking off some of those labels. Yeah. I think about too, like, what are you going to, what are you willing to, how are you willing to be at stake for your mission, for your vision, right? How, like, if 2020, if the events of 2020 can knock you off your vision, and I'm speaking from personal experiences I've already shared, if you allowed the, 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 uh, the events of 2020 to knock you off your vision, um, like, 
What are you willing to stay on it for? Or, or what's, you know, what could happen in the future this next year? What are you willing to allow to knock you off your vision next year? Right? What, what could happen that you're going to allow you, allow distraction um, or, or complacency or, you know, 75% effort, whatever? What is it that's going to uh, give you the excuse to do that as well? I mean, it's just, it's just an interesting conversation. Like, what, how, how committed are you? What are you willing to, what's going to, what are you willing to let you uh, w- knock you off? And what are you not willing to let knock you off? Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, part of the... So when you're thinking about the, the year to come, there's one of these paradoxes that we talk about when we walk a leader through how they're showing up in the room. One of these paradoxes is strategic acumen, which is the willingness to be optimistic and the preference for being optimistic about the future and the preference for analyzing pitfalls, predicting difficulty, which is part of, I think, what you're talking about too, Chad. Yeah. And, you know how big of a dragon am I willing to go slay mm-hmm. and maybe me made the fool, maybe not make it, maybe whatever. But that's, that's so you, the, the conversation here is how optimistic am I? Just a question for somebody to wonder about how optimistic am I? How hopeful am I of what I'm capable of doing and what my team is capable of doing despite circumstances, despite anything out there. Mm-hmm. And that's one conversation important to get a hold of. Second is what might actually be waiting around the corner? What might actually be in that dark cave? And can we talk about it now? Right. As if, but if I'm doing that in the context of optimism, I'm not doing it to see what's going to kill me. I'm there, say what might kill me, but I'm there actually to see it in such a way that let's assume I'm going to play the game where, hey, whatever might want me dead, I can actually kill it. We can overcome it. Mm-hmm. Now, but what is that? How bad could it get? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and and how and the value of that is then because I'm not going to succeed right away. I rarely do. Right. But what it does is it gives me an idea of the kinds of failures that are going to come along the way that teach me, right? Fail often, fail fast, fail forward. Right. But I know it's so it's not about predict. It's not about preventing failure. It's how do I use the potential failures and the learnings from them to forward commitment? Because so many times I know I've started something or get and then quit because of the failure. And the where I've been more successful is when it's worth failing for. And I've, as you have talked about, anticipated certain potential pitfalls that I could then navigate or utilize in the forwarding of what I'm committed to. And I think that's that's vital because a lot of times we get so depressed or just upset because the first or second effort didn't pay off the way we thought it should. Instead of learning from it, I, I take it into, well, maybe this isn't worth it, right? Which is goes back to how, what am I willing to put at stake for this? And how, because I'm going to go through a journey, I'm going to be different on the other side of it. Yeah. If it, it, it's if, if I care about it, and that's really, I think, when you set a goal that matters, it matters because you say it matters. It, it, yeah. it, you care about it. And so then immediately your fear of failure kicks in worth versus, okay, what's this is worth failing for. Let's talk about everything we can see before we even get started and then keep looking along the way iteratively, right? Yeah. I think I know sports analogies are so tired, but I, I just think about the, the soccer team 
right? And when they approach the season, most of them don't say, we're going after the championship unless the pitch happens to be wet one day or unless our captain gets injured or unless, you know, this or that or whatever. It's, there's, it's, it's rarely a conversation where it's like, I'm go- we're going after this unless this. It's usually in spite of or, or knowing that there's going to be challenges and we're going for it no matter what. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's just interesting to take that kind of perspective. I think for me personally, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I've certainly set myself up to say, Hey, I'm going after this unless. Yeah. You know, you, you, I, I watched uh, UFC. I watched all the, you know, MMA fighting and this COVID thing hit. And what did the guy do? He went out and bought an island and calls it Fight Island and brings fighters in and continues his business and so because you don't have a crowd then you know and films it and sends it out i mean this guy dana white is it's like he's a he's a machine he's like unwilling to lay down and, and let the circumstances put him on his heels just like we'll go buy an island and then he constructed it so that it would be safe so they could actually have their battle they could do they could continue to have their fights really interesting yeah that's amazing yeah, you know what comes to me too with this, and this might be a good landing point for the conversation is I don't know many teams that do this uh, proactively. Is it's it, the turn of the year is a great time to kind of do a the unsexy terms like a team audit. What I really mean is slow down and give yourselves opportunity um, to really build trust via giving each other feedback. We talk about it a lot in the sense of like getting a clearing, having a clearing with somebody. We'll do that. You know, Dan will call me, hey, I just need to clear about something or something like that, which is essentially said there's things on my mind that I, about you that I haven't told you about. Mm. And or there's conversations I know I need to have and I'm busy having them, but just in between my ears and they're a conversation that's meant between us. And I know I'm making things up and I need to find out what's true and what isn't. So here you go. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm open to everything. That's right. And so most leaders probably won't do this, but I want to put it out there like a possibility because I know people say we want trust, but we're actually not willing to do something that requires trust to get it. We'd rather do some kind of bullshitty whatever. Meaning, meaning that we're not willing to get vulnerable. Yeah. Because in my I, trust is only valuable when I'm vulnerable. If I'm not right. vulnerable, I don't need trust, right? Yeah. Yeah, and my point is people want trust but they actually go after a superficial version of it um, via some kind of like, hey, let's tell our story type thing, which might actually build affinity, but affinity is not trust. In order to get trust, you actually have to go practice trust and then you've got it, in my experience. So one of these exercises could be, if you're looking for something to do to actually have a breakthrough on your team, is to open up the floor. And as a leader, you go first around giving feedback, receiving feedback, I do that first, receive feedback from your team. In particular, feedback about what worked, what didn't work, and what's wanted and needed versus unstructured. Some kind of, some kind of psychological <laughs> thing. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't like the way you look, or you know, <laughs> yeah, or you're too mean, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, that could be part, that could be a part of it. But to your point, it's like product, like aim the feedback, aim it, aim it, especially in the context of the vision. Because if you're having a context about vision and taking the team somewhere new or getting some new results, you can't stay the same people. You can't. 
It just won't work. And and people may have to go places you don't want them to, but actually you need to check in because they may need to go there to actually get it done, right? Like, like how often do you challenge your own assessment about what's wanted and needed? So it's, it's like listening to the feedback and really giving it some place to ruminate in you to consider what's wanted and needed freshly, right? It's like you said, Adrian, this is a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's part of my challenge, invitation to people is to at least start to have those conversations. You might pick a layup first. You might do it in a, co- in a group environment, um, but you might start by getting some great feedback from somebody that you actually have the most tenure with. That's okay. If you, if you need a layup, go get the layup, is my point, before you start, you know, doing half court shots. So, but that's, that's a great opportunity to go get some feedback, but you have to frame up the feedback. But if the feedback is in the context of the mission, then people are usually more willing. And if the leader, you're willing to go first and be open to hearing what you don't want to hear and can absorb it and just listen to it, then that can open up a whole new context of conversation, how the team can relate to itself moving forward in ways that can produce so many new fantastic results. If you haven't done a session like that, don't wait for the HR calendar. That's what most people do and do some kind of bullshit version of it. No, go initiate it like you want to know. Like a mining, like you're mining for new info, new possibility, new resource. Yeah. What what I'm noticing is I was approaching this conversation as a speed up conversation. How do we help our leaders speed up? And what I'm hearing is, well, let's not get ahead. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's slow down first. And that uh, purposefully. And then what you need to speed up will become very clear because right. you know, you'll find the signal in all the noise. And that's really what you want to do is you want to find the signal that is the future that matters to you and then let the noise and you can ferret out the noise so you can follow that signal. Yeah. Well, and, my, and my last point here for folks is, is if you're a driven person, you're hard on your, most Most driven people are really hard on themselves. Yeah. You know, that kind of goes with it as far as, I mean, I, that's my experience, my experience with everybody I work with that's really driven. They're really hard on themselves. They, they, they you know, push themselves first. Um, and they can end up being arrogant, but the arrogance is the cover up for the stuff that they're insecure about. Even like the most powerful people I work with, they deal with the insecurities just like everybody and sometimes even deeper. Mm-hmm. So here's the good news. The good news is that if you jump into an authentic, heart-driven a connection, I mean, connection-driven conversation, you'll actually get better news than you think is coming. Yeah. Because you think that other people see you the way you see you, and they (laughs) don't. And there's like love, probably. There's probably some slack that they'd love to give you or some praise that they'd love to give you that you're unaware of because you're busy thinking about how do you make yourself better all the time. And it'd be, it's great. It'd be, it might be a real big gift to yourself to like start the year off saying, okay, hold on. Of all these areas that I'm not good enough yet, there are these areas that are working for my team and that'll actually feel great. And they need to hear that too. So that's part of the connective process that a feedback exercise can be. Yeah. And if you haven't spent time acknowledging the wins, then you're going to have a hard time having these conversations because people are going to come in cringing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How like celebrating, you know, it's like there's so much, it'll reveal to you what's wanted and needed so you can slow down and stop and get that clear and start to really authentically celebrate what did work or you wouldn't be there. You wouldn't be where you're at. You That's wouldn't right. have a shot. You wouldn't That's have a year. That's right. Yeah. Mm. 
and 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 as we speak about from time to time here, if you know if this if this all sounds good, but is some new terrain for you, reach out to us. We'd love to help you to serve you in the process. We've been we've been doing this for a long time. We know how to make it work. We know how to frame the conversations, how to architect them, how to initiate them, how to mine them for all the gold. So we'd love to be in support to anybody listening to this and help you do this really well. So reach out to us. Yep. That's great. Thanks, gentlemen. This has been fantastic. Thank awesome. you. Love you guys. Good to be here. Bye-bye, everybody. Ciao, man. Bye. Well, friends of the podcast, thank you so much for joining us this week. If this podcast has helped you or entertained you at all, we encourage you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That'll help us reach more people and grow this community. And finally, if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at takenewground.com. Thank you so much for joining us. and We'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast.